Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is Sunday. I almost said July. God, it'd be nice if it was July. Uh, June the 7th, 2020. Yes, we're still in that horrible year. Uh, myself, Chris Maloney, 44 officially. Uh, pretty good week as far as birthdays went, but pretty sad week as far as uh, a little bit about the other stuff went. Uh, alongside me, of course, Sean Bates of the Scumbags of Wrestling. Sean, how you doing today? How you feeling? Yeah, doing well. Um, yeah, it was a rough week for me. Um, we did our show the other day. Monday, we uh, did a fantasy warfare uh, tournament. I felt like I was going to die by the end of it. If you end up seeing the video, I'm struggling near the end. Had to do a COVID test. Uh, work uh, asked me to do that. Passed. It's negative. I'm good. Took three days off, and I'm... Uh, Good to go with this. Just launched a uh, Scumbags podcast. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's interesting because I thought maybe Stephen had said something to piss you off, and it's like, <laughs> I never seen Sean off the air that quick. But uh, I was kind of worried, so I sent him a text, and the next thing you know, he filled me in. So uh, uh, he is doing better though. Um, you still with it? Okay, I wanted to make sure you weren't frozen. <laughs> All the technology issues going on this week. So Thursday was my daughter's second birthday. Um, you know, and even if I wanted to do the show that night, it would not have happened. Uh, it's a rarity that we do TNT on any other night than Thursdays. But uh, when I got home, decided to try to lo uh, load up my laptop. Hey, hard drive failure. And uh, next thing I know, I pretty much lost a lot of stuff, including the official intros to the show. I'm going to have to pretty much redo everything. But I've been thinking about doing new theme music anyway. So, um, but good thing with StreamYard, the fact is everything was kind of backed up. Uh, I got the images I needed to, you know, new hard drive installed, took, you know, a good couple hours to get everything back to normal. But uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I, I touched base with Sean and Steven said, hey, uh, no show tonight. And then all of a sudden I get home and uh, the hard drive had failed. So I don't know if that was karma or what. But <laughs> anyways, um, only a good $70 out. I'm getting a new hard drive. So hopefully this one lasts. But uh, um, piece of advice, everybody, back up your stuff. Otherwise, you uh, may never see it again. But um Doing this on Sunday, it means uh, a couple of things. UFC 250 took place last night. I'm going to touch base on that in uh, a couple of minutes. But the big thing that's taking place today is NXT. It, you know what? Actually, no, I want to get to something first because I got to give props to somebody. So Mr. Scott Hunter, um, episode 20 of this show has been the highest ranked uh, view show that we've done as far as TNT goes. And I do believe Fantasy Warfare as well. So almost 400 hits. And I'm not talking just engagement, 400 views um, as far as episode 20 went with the interview with Scott Hunter, uh, who was chatty. Not as, not as, I, I think he gave Cody Diener a run for the, his money as far as the length went. But uh, I think it was the longest, show, the longest show that we've ever done. But yeah, Scott Hunter, almost 400 views just on Facebook alone. That's not counting anything on YouTube or Twitch or any of the audio stuff that we're out there. So uh, yeah, guys, if you want to see your viewers up, uh, get Scott Hunter on the show. Uh, Sean, what did you think of the interview with Scott? I mean, and he was uh, he was good with promoting it as well. So I know we do it on the Scumbags and then CWN and then uh, TNT stuff as well. But uh, Scott had promoted uh, uh, the show itself on his uh, social media feeds. So how did you think the interview went? Yeah, I think it was really good. I enjoy it when we were able to get some guests. Uh, we've had Tyson, uh, Carter Mason, Cody, now Scott. So hopefully we can line up uh, more and uh, get more hits and you know, get still talking about what we love wrestling-wise. Like There's tons of information always coming out, but until you actually get the talent in front of you and talking, those are the more interesting things because you can go anywhere 
and find the dirt. You can find the news, whether it's legit or not. But when you're interacting with somebody, that's a special uh, thing compared to digging and basically reporting what everybody already knows or sees. Yeah, so guys, if you are watching us live, uh, give us your questions, comments. Um, if you're listening to us on, on audio, thank you very much as well. But yeah, I love doing the interviews as well. Sometimes I love just doing the research. It's like, holy crap, that guy actually did that. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, you'll see another guest uh, coming up uh, pretty soon. So uh, I'll announce that probably on next week's show, which is only four days from now, which is kind of cool. So anyways, guys, like I was saying, NXT TakeOver In Your House takes place tonight, 7 p.m. on the WWE Network. Uh, we're going to do Fantasy Warfare today. And all of a sudden, I said, wait a second. I said, we're... Uh, we got to uh, we got to do um, NXT takeover tonight. So uh, seven o'clock WWE Network tonight, uh, six thirty pre-show. Right after that's a Ric Flair special, which would be kind of cool. So a couple hours of wrestling uh, for you guys taking place. Uh, Sean, we'll go through the uh, card. We'll get your comments on anything that maybe stands out to you, uh, as well as your picks. And uh, I know this is uh, twice over for you because you already did the scumbag. So uh, you'll have to make sure you stay consistent. So. Uh, well, it's okay, and I, I'm allowed to uh, change a slight bit because of our banter. You know, you might be able to sway me from what I uh, just uh, posted in the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. So you yeah, never know. It'd be interesting. Listen to Sean here. Listen to him on the Scumbags as well to see if uh, his answers differ. Uh, but match number one: six women tag team match. Uh, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart uh, taking on Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Sean. Who's your pick in this one? And surprising that Chelsea Green wasn't part of this, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see what's uh, up next for her. But uh, who's your pick in this one? Yeah, well, we have to find out what's going on with her because she just uh, fired Robert Stone, and Robert Stone's trying to get Aaliyah, possibly. So they're on their own little island, uh, I guess, that way. But I'm going to go with uh, the heel team of Candice Array, Dakota Kai, and uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Um, just the other side... They're all over the place. I know they uh, did the uh, big promo for uh, Shotzi. Uh, Tegan has been here, there, floating around uh, with her uh, feud with uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. But then there's Mia Yim, who's having her uh, feud with uh, Candice Array. And I think either Yim takes the uh, loss uh, to uh, Candice Array or is caused by Candice, or Mia is somehow watching the victory happen and is uh, not part of the uh, finish and Candace is gloating. So they need that to help fuel more of the Mia Yim Candice LeRae. The other ones are just extra dressing, I think. Yeah, I got to agree with you on this one. I, I see the heel team winning for sure. Uh, Candice, I, I know Triple H very high on Tegan Knox. Uh, we saw Mia Yim last year at uh, TakeOver in Toronto. Didn't impress me uh, going up against Shayna Baszler in that match. But uh, uh, this one here, we, we got Dakota Kai and uh, Raquel Gonzalez. And it kind of reminds me of female version of Shawn Michaels as well as Diesel when they had put the two of them together. Um, interesting to see if Gonzalez turns on uh, Dakota Kai. But uh, the history, I mean, yeah, I kind of understand where, you know, the Knox versus uh, Kai, I think, comes in. But uh, Candice LeRae, I think they're pushing to the moon right now. I think Shotzi is an entity. I don't think she's necessarily going to be skyrocketed. Um, she is great, but she's, um, uh, you know, a character. Where Candice LeRae, I think, with everything that's going on right now, they need somebody kind of coming up to the women's championship, considering the fact when you look at the three in the match uh, later on for the for the women's title, and I'll get to that, um, but I see Candice LeRae being pushed to the moon right now, so I, I can't... I, I can't go against that team. So Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and uh, Raquel 
yeah, Raquel Gonzalez for the win. Um, next match, and this is going to be interesting because a lot of rumors and hype surrounding this one. Finn Balor taking on Damian Priest. Sean, who's your pick? Uh, why? And do you see any surprises happening in this match? Um, this one's a little hard to uh, pick because Damian Priest needs a win. Uh, he's been tangled up with the North American title, and I had uh, Keith Lee and Dijakovic involved with that and he came out on the losing end obviously he's not the champion and now he's in this feud with Finn Balor who looked like he was going to be doing a match with Dream got taken out of that due to being attacked then it was Cameron Grimes but then became Damian Priest but at the same time Balor should be over in the UK doing stuff with uh, Walter so that's on hold until things clear up and people can travel again but I think feel good moment reason Finn Balor should get the win because even if nothing continues with Damian Priest, it puts him in a good position for still being main event consideration. So I'm going Finn Balor. So let me ask you this: I'm gonna, uh, I'll, I'll take, I'll do my pick right now. I'm gonna say Damian Priest. I think Finn Balor's on a losing streak, but. With the politics and the McMahons and the American presidents, is it possible, do you think, we see Walter tonight? Is he getting into the United States? That's what I mean. It's like there's all these inconsistencies about the fact of how is WWE continue to do what they've done. But if there's anything that's going on to try to get him in and whether, I mean, he, I, I know one of the reasons he signed WWE contracts was so the fact is he could stay in the UK, but it would be very interesting because of even more Ronaldo earlier today on the bump was hinting that, you know, priest versus Valor is the match to watch. And there's something that's going to take place about that match. And I still haven't figured it out yet, but if there was any way in the world to try to get Walter in, I think tonight would be the night, um, it would throw off everything. It would surprise a lot of fans. It would be the internet would be buzzing. But uh, um, I mean, in the perfect world, yeah, Walter would kick the crap out of Balor, and and uh, you know, it's it, it's funny because when Balor went down to NXT, he was complete heel, and now all of a sudden he's babyface again. You know what I mean? But um, if perfect world, like I said, Walter would get involved. But uh, again, Damian Priest, I think is going to take the win in this one. Balor is one of those guys who can move to SmackDown Raw easily, and NXT needs to start building new stars. And I think Priest, like much like Larray, is. Uh, He's on his way up. Uh, next match, uh, North American Championship match. Uh, one of the main stars right now, Keith Lee, and I'm enjoying this guy, taking on Johnny Gargano. Uh, do we see Gargano take the title, or is this it for him in NXT, I and mean, maybe he gets the possible call-up? Um, I think I've read somewhere that Gargano is almost like uh, the Undisputed Era guys. They do, and also Tommaso Ciampa. They're happy being in NXT. They don't want to be ruined. Uh, by going up to the main roster, especially with the history that, unfortunately, the graduate or the upgrade, whatever they want to class it as, going from NXT to the a main roster uh, situation involves, they want to stay in NXT. And I could see this as where Johnny Wrestling becomes a two-time North American champion. It could be, obviously, with shenanigans, thanks to Candice. But it also allows Keith Lee to advance into the main event pitcher. So while losing the title may hurt him for a bit, it 
won't in the long run. I see Gargano winning, Keith Lee getting more benefits later on. So I agree with your statement with regards to the guys being happy at NXT. What I don't agree with is is who you chose. I'm going to go Keith Lee in this one. And I'm, I'm going to say this, and we're eventually going to see it. Um, it's funny, I was listening to a podcast, I think it was yesterday, and they're talking about Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, WrestleMania 6. And then next thing you know, it's uh, Keith Lee, I think, and, and not necessarily that WrestleMania moment, but I think Keith Lee is going to bring that North American Championship up for a fight against whoever NXT champion is. And I think we're going to see a title versus title match eventually uh, just to, to hype things up. Uh, Keith Lee is dominant, uh, main event pitcher for sure, because he's one of those guys. I mean, it's one of those things too. It's like Hogan and Warrior. All of a sudden, Warrior drops the IC title, tournament set up. I think Mr. Perfect had won it after that. Uh, but what happens? And maybe, what was it tournament or was it Battle Royal? It was tournament. Uh, was came it tournament? down to uh, Santana and... Uh, uh, Mr. Perfect in the finals. I'd love to see Keith Lee retained. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's uh, been an awesome uh, North American champion and just had Priest and uh, uh, Dijakovic really to deal with. So there's still a lot of uh, places and room for him as North American champion to continue. Yeah, so uh, opposites on this one. Sean's picking Gargano. I'm picking Keith Lee. Uh, but again, both of us agree dominant force down there in NXT. Uh, speaking of dominant forces, match of the night coming up right here, folks. Tommaso Ciampa taking on Karrion Cross. I love Cross. I have pretty much since the moment I saw him at, a, at Impact TV tapings. Uh, just the character is just it's absolutely amazing. What he's doing down at NXT, I was worried that WWE wasn't going to get it, and they have. And not only have they got it, they've made him a lot more stronger, a lot more of a heel, and, and he's just powerful. Uh, Ciampa is somebody who is one of those guys who's been around the wrestling business for a while, but the fact is, when it comes down to it he's still young at heart he's that fighting spirit that Shawn michael style you know what i mean so i gotta go carrying cross in this one no way in the world they're going to basically kill cross's character uh, character already um i see it like the core uh, you know fast hitting uh you know match uh scarlet i don't think is going to get involved um if she does great but i think they should just let the two of these guys just hammer it out and then basically carrying cross for the win um like i said they can't kill his character this soon uh sean agree disagree I totally agree. Um, this is uh, his basic first real match. Like the other ones have been squashes. He did um, take out uh, what was it Bronson the other day on uh, NXT. Their entrance is really huge. Um, I listened to After the Bell this week, and Road Dog was on it. And he was talking about how Karrion Cross is got a lot of untapped potential and they're really happy with what they have already invested with him. Tommaso Ciampa is a mainstay. He He's well-established. This will be a fight. I don't see it being a full-out wrestling match. This is going to be more of a brawl than anything. Probably match of the night potential, um, as you pointed out. But Karrion Cross picks up the victory. Scarlet could end up being a more of a distraction for uh, towards Ciampa, but not get physically involved. Though we do know she can uh, actually uh, wrestle. But yeah, this is going to be Karrion Cross's uh, moment to establish himself on a bigger stage um, out of TakeOver. 
Yeah. One of the coolest things, and I'll say this is a wrestling fan, that I love about TakeOver is the fact is you've only got usually five or six matches taking place. It, to me, it's the perfect amount of time uh, for a pay-per-view, uh, especially when WWE tends to go usually nine matches, eight on the full show, and then the one on the, the pre-show, the kickoffs and stuff like that. But uh, it's funny because I'm looking at this. I'm like, wait a second. We're already, <laughs> we got two matches left and that's it. But uh, I mean, it's in, in the pre-show. You'll never see a match on the pre-show is at least what I've seen. Uh, you get the in your house history with it. Did I see a Todd Pettengill promo happen? Did there I, was that was right? a Todd Pettengill promo that happened. I actually yeah, I took the audio and put it in scumbags uh, just to introduce this. Um, I'm hearing uh, that there's going to be, a mixture of what we're used to with takeover with some old school uh, in your house uh, twitch uh, tweaks to it. Whether that means the stage is going to look like the old house uh, sort of setup that uh, we saw 25 years ago when uh, Todd and Stephanie started off uh, the first ever uh, in your house. That uh, was 25 years ago last month. You know, anything's possible. They're going to probably do some graphics. Uh, going to look like uh, the old school '90s uh, in your house stuff. They're going to have some fun, I think, tonight, along with uh, the regular stuff you expect for Takeover. I tell you this: so, 22 years ago, Hamilton, Ontario, I get to see in your house breakdown. I think you were there as well, eh? Uh, no, no, you weren't. Ah, so I, I'm one up on <laughs> Sean. I know, I know we're at the same Raw and uh, at the Sky Dome together. Yep. Yeah. And we've been uh, front row SmackDown. Um, uh, and coincidentally, um, this was all before Facebook and people reconnecting and everything else. Um, but the In Your House breakdown, I got to see I, one of the best events I've ever seen because the fact is you had Christian make his uh, unofficial debut. He came through the crowd and just kind of, uh, you know, um, I'm not sure what the commentators were saying. Uh, Austin ended up losing the belt that night through a double pin. And then it was The Rock, Ken Shamrock, and Mankind in a, a steel cage triple threat match. I think the Intercontinental Championship was on the line. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, when I think in your house, I, I'm, you know, I immediately think of the logo that's behind us here um, and the whole Todd Pettengill and the house and, you know, Shawn Michaels, I think Vader, uh, Bulldog stuff, all that sort of – I think it was that sort of uh, genre, that generation – uh, Shawn Michaels is champion, everything else. But uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to tonight, uh, the setup. And then I, all of a sudden, I was on WGB.com about five minutes before the show started. I was like, is that Todd Pettengill? But I'll have to go back and, and see it later on. But back to the show. Oh, Sean, anything else to say? No. Okay. So two matches left. NXT Women's Championship match. Charlotte Flair as champion, taking on Rhea Ripley, taking on Io Shirai. Triple threat match for that title. Uh, I'll give my predictions first. I think Charlotte uh, has become a major mouthpiece. To the point, I think she's overconfident as far as her character goes. So I'm going to say she's going to lose it. I'm going to say Io Shirai. This is her swan song as far as NXT goes. I'm going to say she goes main roster in the next two weeks. So at least one person as Rhea, Rhea Ripley. I'm going to say getting the pin on Charlotte Flair uh, to win back the title. Uh, Sean, agree, disagree? What do you think of Io Shirai and the uh, rumors of her going uh, up to the main roster? Okay, I partly agree with you on uh, what you uh, mentioned. It's uh, not surprised that you would be possibly brought up. Um, did not hear that rumor yet, but with Oscar being the uh, Raw Women's Champion, maybe uh, Carrie Zane uh, needs a tag team partner, uh, and they can put those uh, three all together in that regards. And uh, Carrie and Io could go after the tag team titles. Um, I think Io Shirai though is in this match to take the pinfall or submission, whatever the 
final outcome is it's going to be her losing the match. I think it's going to be her losing the match to Rhea Ripley because as much as Charlotte is almost carrying the whole women's division from all three brands on her back by going to all three, they need to pull back on this. Um, Rhea Ripley did have some uh, visa issues that was rumored and she confirmed on a recent interview that uh, that did happen. She didn't have to go back to uh, Australia to settle them, but they did get settled. That's why she's back in the picture and wrestling right now. But if you have Rhea Ripley win the title back without beating Charlotte, that still allows there to be story in the future for the fact that Rhea Ripley has yet to beat Charlotte Flair. And that big moment can come on a major pay-per-view, whether it's SummerSlam or a WrestleMania or something like that, where Rhea Ripley finally does beat Charlotte Flair. That's going to be her big moment. People are already comparing the two. There's 10 years age difference between them, but it's not tonight. Rhea gets the title back by taking out Shirai. Somehow, whether the other women from the NXT are really pissed off at uh, Charlotte being there and distract her and take her out, that would be interesting to see, right? Because everybody wants to dethrone the queen. But Rhea takes the title regardless of what happens. So it's interesting how we can tie it into fantasy warfare here. So uh, the last episode that we had done was uh, uh, greatest women's champions, and there was a, a debate. Um, <laughs> well, I, almost a, almost a, a sc- on-screen fight between me and Stephen with regards to uh, uh, Charlotte Flair and Tessa Blanchard, and me wanting to see them that that fantasy match would be dream, right? But then now that I'm thinking about this, and Charlotte Flair, she is out there. And it's like you said, the difference between Charlotte and Ray is 10 years between them. What about a fantasy warfare match between uh, 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 Tessa Blanchard and Rhea Ripley? I mean, here you got two age groups. I, I, I think they're very similar in age. Um, the mentality, the hardcore just basically beat the crap out of somebody in the ring, you know, but they, they're skilled wrestling. Um, Throwing a Tony Storm. Tony Storm as well, yeah. I mean, there's it, it's funny. Stephen was talking about the potential, um, you know, Tessa Blanchard going to WWE, and in in a way, she'd have to lick her wounds, you know, so to speak. AEW would throw a lot of money at her, but I think Stephen, here you go. I'm going to agree with you, okay? I'm going to say if Tessa Blanchard becomes a free agent this coming summer, uh, like her contract was supposed to expire, yes, I loved her. I would love to see her in the WWE more so than AEW. So there you go, Stephen. I'm finally agreeing with you for once, so we can. Uh, yeah, well, just to bounce back a slight bit on what you were talking about also with Tessa, uh, she hasn't shown up at uh, anything with Impact for the last uh, couple of tapings because she's been uh, stuck in uh, Mexico. Yeah, hold I- your thoughts on that, though. We're, we're going to we're gonna get to that. Oh, okay, because, yeah, there's a lot coming up with that. So if we're going to talk about it after, I will wait. Yeah, well, I mean... I'm a I'm a mark for Tessa Blanchard. So <laughs> same way you're a mark for Sonny and uh, and uh, Pritchard there. So, anyways, uh, guys, uh, main event time. So we've got uh, what they're calling the backlot brawl, and, and um, I don't know if you've heard anything about what this is, but somebody a, a podcast again I was listening to was saying, what happens if it's one of those things? I think it was Eddie Guerrero and was it Edge who were part of it, and I think Finley did one with William Regal where they had basically. 
I think JBL and Cinema might have done it as well, but you can correct me. But they had this uh, circle, um, you know, surrounded by cars and headlights and everything else. What happens if the backlot brawl was like that between Adam Cole and uh, Velveteen Dream? I think that'd be, that'd be kind of cool because it'd be out of Velveteen Dream's uh, element. Adam Cole, we know, can go hardcore match, wrestling match, whatever the case may be. Um, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say Adam Cole wins. I'm going to say, like Sean had said, the uh, Undisputed Era not trying to leave NXT anytime soon. I think he'd be a great fit in the main roster, but not yet. Uh, so I see Cole retaining. Um, I see them building new challenges for him. Um, I think carrying Cross, if he gets a hold of Adam Cole, Cole is done uh, in the future, or Keith Lee for that matter. But I'm going to say Adam Cole for the win. And Sean, who's your pick? What, what do you think is, um, I almost call it, a, no, it is Backlot Brawl. Every time I think the Backlot, I think of the Piper Gold Dust thing from WrestleMania yeah, 12, right. you know what I mean? But what do, what do you think this is, and who's, uh, who's your pick to win? Well, I've heard the same thing that uh, it's behind the uh, performance center and it's the ring of cars. Um, I think also Ken Shamrock did one with the rock or somebody as well. You uh, brought up JBL and uh, Cena. So I've heard that same old, uh, same thing as well. Um, not surprised that William Regal picked this because he did it with uh, Finley and WCW and this is, I guess, going to be more of a cinematic one as well. They've already uh, recorded it. Have not heard any results, thankfully. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm thinking it can go so many different ways. There's also talk that Adam Cole's uh, contract is up and he could go to AEW. But then I've also heard the other side where his contract is coming up, but he just signed a three-year deal to stay. So... I guess maybe the result will be based on maybe where he's going. Um, but I'm going to go with Velveteen Dream either way. Uh, they say it's his final opportunity to get the uh, title shot. Most times when they uh, put that stipulation in, it's the last time that that's supposed to happen and they actually do win the title. Um if Cole is staying, though, they have so many other options uh, for him, uh, whether it's uh, there's talk about uh, trouble with Roderick Strong, and then there is also um, Dexter Loomis, who's been looking at uh, everybody at uh, the Undisputed Era and having issues with them. So, you know, if Cole is staying, that's awesome. Uh, and there's so many things that he can do still. So I'm going with Velveteen Dream just as something different. But, yeah. The funny thing is, if they put the title on Dream, uh, you can see the internet blowing up. It's like, oh, my God, he's gone. He's AEW, blah, 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 main roster. You know, so... I can I can see your point, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna still continue with Adam Cole for the victory. So guys, NXT Takeover in your house taking place tonight, 7 p.m. WWE Network, um, and then like I said, the pre-show starts 6:30. Uh, there's footage and and stuff all over YouTube all today, uh, so take a look. Um, yeah, you know, just to get you prepped and and hyped for NXT Takeover. Uh, Sean, I'm, I'm gonna expect your answer on this one. Did you watch UFC 250 last night? No. <laughs> We're Goal of the show before the end of the year is trying to get Sean to watch one UFC event. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I'd say Conor McGregor would be the guy to watch, but um, uh, we'll get to that momentarily here. Now, I can say this. Sean has sat in a bar with me with regards to watching McGregor versus uh, Floyd Mayweather 
Um, you know, so he he has watched Conor McGregor perform in, in a, a somewhat ring. But uh, anyways, um, still catching up on MMA. I seem to go through these these phases. So I'll be a huge fan. Go down, huge fan. You know, it's, and when I say that, I've watched it all the way since UFC one. Uh, you know, Hoist Gracie, uh, all the way to Dan Severin and Ken Shamrock, um, you know, right up behind me there. If you look up top, and I don't know how well you can see, you can see two bottles of whiskey, Conor McGregor style, and then you can see UFC, and that's Severin versus Shamrock. A huge fan of that. Then all of a sudden, I, I kind of lost focus on that to the point where all of a sudden I was like, okay, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, uh, then GSP happens, and Conor McGregor, and uh, guys like John Jones and, and uh, Rashad Evans, who AEW ties and everything else, you know. So it's been up and down, but I'm trying to get back into it because, you know, it's one of those things that I just love. Um, basically, I'm not going to go through the whole card, but uh, some of the highlights was, and this is, and Sean, this is one of the reasons why you should be watching the UFC because you got first round knockouts taking place. Well, minute 54 round one, Sean O'Malley defeated Eddie Wineland by knockout. I haven't seen this yet, but uh, one of the comments I saw was, holy cow, he is legit. So um, you get down to the main event. Uh, Manny Nunez uh, defeats Felicia Spencer, who is Canadian, um, you know, uh, unanimous decision. So she retains the title there. Um, one of the best parts about UFC is the fact is it's uh, better than boxing because it's not that Mike Tyson one time main event, you know, that all of a sudden lasts 30 seconds and you're out 75 bucks. Fact is, a lot of times in the prelims and as well as the uh, early prelims and even the main card, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. So you have undefeated records in UFC, undefeated records in MFA that all of a sudden next thing you know, they're gone. They're, they're gone within, say, about 30 seconds because the fact is there's a knockout, there's a TKO or whatever the case may be. I'm, Sean, I'm going to ask you this. So I, I was impressed with the fact that Nunez retained because he, she is basically one of the faces. Um, the tie-ins between wrestling and MMA are absolutely huge because of the fact that Ronda Rousey's, the Brock Lesnar's, the Ken Shamrock's, the Dan Severin's. Uh, the list goes on. You know, all of a sudden now you're watching Mike Tyson AEW ring. You're watching Rashad Evans. Um, the rumor at one point, DC, Daniel Cormier coming over to the WWE. Um, more Ronaldo, who came over from Pride Fighting, who could call a boxing match, wrestling match, MMA match. Um, let me ask you this. What is it going to take for number one for you to be interested in a UFC pay-per-view? And don't give me the word no, ne never. But um, um, you've got scripted wrestling versus non-scripted MMA. Um, what is it about UFC, MMA in general that you don't find appealing? Let me ask you that. I like my uh, violence predetermined. Just, I'm not into the whole, I'm beating the piss out of you for money. Uh, and the injuries that definitely can and do happen in those and the concussions, those are in a way purposefully done because it's part of, I need to get the victory. Now, when it happens accidentally in professional wrestling, yeah, it's an accident. But they're doing a dance. They're doing a performance art. And it's athletic at the same time. And it's not meant to be barbaric. Um, yeah, I probably would not have been going to any Coliseum back in the uh, Roman times to see people thrown to lions or just battered uh, down. Like, just, I prefer, as I said, my violence to be predetermined. All right, fair enough. So my goal before the end of the year 
is to basically get more knowledgeable as far as UFC and mixed martial arts goes. That I mean, wrestling is is you know second nature to me. But uh, MMA, like I said, I, I want to be able to uh, explain this better, to watch it a little bit more. Because like I said, like Sean O'Malley, who I mentioned, was 11 and 0, 3 and 0 UFC going into this fight, bantamweight going against Eddie Wineland, who was 24, 13 and 1, and then 6 and 7 in the UFC, and he ends up getting knocked out first round. You know what I mean? And then y'all see you've got Canadian who Felicia Spencer, uh, the phenom, eight and one, two and one in UFC, taking on Amanda Nunez, who's champion, nineteen and four in MMA, and then twelve and one in UFC, and stuff like that, that that excites me. And then when you get watching it, you know, even some of the stuff that you don't know who the guy is or the prelims, whatever the case may be, the early prelims, which is made to be the uh, kind of like the dark match, so to speak, in a wrestling show, um, that is the stuff that makes people highlight and stand out and this and that, you know. Um, but anyways, my job is to get better at MMA because I want to be able to focus on a little bit more in the show. And then my second job is to get Sean to eventually get hyped about a UFC fight. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But UFC 250 was last night, did take place at the UFC Apex. So I uh, can't wait for UFC uh, 251 to take place. And by then I will be more knowledgeable because that is my goal. Um, in other news, Conor McGregor says he's decided to retire from fighting. This comes uh, courtesy of Sportsnet.ca. Uh, Conor McGregor has announced his retirement for the third time in four years. McGregor abruptly made his latest dubious declaration Sunday morning on his Twitter account with a former two-division UFC champion also announced his retirement in 2016-2019. He goes on to say, hey guys, I've decided to, to retire from fighting. McGregor wrote in a caption below of him and his mother, thank you all for the amazing memories. What a ride it's been. So in saying that, toast to Conor McGregor. A little shot of whiskey here from his uh, his stuff up top, the proper twelve. Uh, the end of this bottle anyways um, while I'm going to do this shot and hopefully not make a, a horrible face <laughs> doing it because usually I mix with ginger ale um, Sean what are your thoughts on Conor McGregor's third retirement is this the end of him or I, I mean this is one of the guys who's been rumored to come to pro wrestling are we ever going to see it um, and just the name Conor McGregor what does that mean to you as far as just the industry or just his brand goes he seems to be the Terry Funk of uh MMA, uh, he's not going to go anywhere. Somebody like Dana White or whomever is going to show up with another briefcase full of money, and he'll go, okay, and do it again. Like, the guy knows how to hype himself up like professional wrestling, and I think would do really good if he uh, made the switch over because he – knows what he's doing as far as the promo side and that's where a lot of people are weak in and yeah it'd be okay if he did but i think somebody's going to back up another truckload of money for a uh ufc uh type fight or if it's bellator anything like that they'll he'll come out of retirement for the fourth time to do that so there was talk, and if you don't want to clean your sinuses, folks, just take a shot of his whiskey <laughs> right up the nose. Um, there was talk at one point to try to get Floyd May uh, Mayweather in an MMA ring uh, against Conor McGregor. I, I think that right there, I mean, this was a couple of years ago, but I mean, that right there, I think you'd see the end of Floyd Mayweather. Um, but yeah, so uh, three-time retirement for Conor McGregor here. I don't think it's the last of him that we're going to see. I don't think he's going to hit the wrestling business yet, even though Vince McMahon Triple H, I think, would find a way to do something with him. I think it'd be more exciting than Tyson AEW. But uh, I want to get to some Impact Wrestling talk uh, right now, and mainly for two topics here. So number one, this coming Tuesday, so two days from now, uh, Impact to make an announcement regarding the future of the World Championship. As Sean had mentioned, Tessa Blanchard has been 
absent. Uh, better part of she hasn't been seen since March, has she? Uh, no. So yeah, so two months as three months actually going into Impact World Championship, um, and she has never. I don't think she's ever been able to defend it, has she? I think she might have gotten one title defense in, but um, yeah, she's stuck in uh, Mexico where she's living right now with her fiance Daga, and so until she can do some traveling, you know, the Impact is without their champion, and that's why I guess Moose in his delusional uh, state has resurrected the TNA uh, championship and is uh, running around uh, impact saying he's the real champ and trying to convince uh, well, in this case, Ace Austin to uh, use his number one contendership against him instead of waiting for Tessa to show up. All right. So we're going to talk real life versus uh, wrestling um, and a two-part question for you. Number one, is this the end of Tessa Blanchard in Impact Wrestling? And the reason I say that is because, number one, she hasn't been available for three months. Understandable COVID-19, this and that. But the way that they're build, basically building a match between Moose as well as uh, Ace Austin right now, forgetting about Tessa Blanchard, addressing the title situation this coming Tuesday. Uh, I haven't heard any uh, spoilers or rumors about what they're going to say. And I don't know, even though if it's been pre-taped, they might just be kind of alive on air. Josh Matthews, uh, Scott Demore decides on things. But are we going to see Tessa Blanchard in Impact Wrestling ring again? Uh, the other reason I say that is because of the fact that contra her contract was supposed to expire this coming summer. Um, and now all of a sudden COVID takes place. Contract is probably still going to expire. Whether or not they're going to attack on time because of COVID, I don't know. I don't know what the contract actually states. And if that's the case, do you move things to the TNA championship? Do you immediately make a match between Moose and Ace Austin for the uh, the Impact World Championship and forget about TNA once again? How would you? What would you do if the company was yours and 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 you knew Tess's uh, contract was expiring this summer? Well, if there's any way of extending the contract, like how WWE does when uh, people are injured and not performing, then I could see Impact at least trying to do that because they'll want to get her at least back on TV and do something with it. Um, at the same time, if by chance uh, her contract is over and they can't get her uh, back uh, to North America to at least defend... That at least saves them any backlash or anything that involves having to try and take the title offer. There's been always that confusion or, or debate, uh, should I say, of what next? After she won the men's uh, championship, does that diminish how things are? Now you're going to have a woman uh, defending a men's title. How does that make the men look? Uh, all those questions go out the window once you establish that, oh, she can't participate, and now the belt's back up for grabs. But hopefully, if they do that, hopefully they stick to whatever uh, brackets the uh, format uh, for the tournament takes, because this number one contender tournament that they had, if you look at the original brackets compared to what happened, totally different. They might as well not have even had that tournament happen, because it didn't end the way anything looked it should um yeah as far as what they should do they gotta get the belt back into play somehow so maybe stripper of the uh, title and legitimately have somebody battle for it and maybe somebody like michael elgin comes out on top 
Yeah, I mean, Elgin is definitely one of those mainstays you could easily put the title on him. Um, you know, and he's also, I think he announced he was, uh, he'd been in the wrestling business for 15 years, I think, at this point, um, which would kind of make sense because of the fact is I remember standing beside him um, in his early days of in Collingwood. Uh, when he still had the mullet going on and just kind of, you know, this guy, he had such a passion for wrestling and he was, uh, you know, he, you knew nothing was going to stop him. And to know the stuff he accomplished over in Japan, um, you know, to uh, impact wrestling and then ROH, obviously, and this and that. So it's uh, it'd be interesting. I mean, they, they've definitely got a, a group of guys over there in, in impact wrestling to um, continue the. Uh, you know, um, the company beyond Tessa Blanchard, so to speak. Uh, it's just whether or not they're going, what, what they're going to do with her. Are they going to Roman Reigns her and basically forget about her? Um, it'll be interesting. Um, second piece of uh, thing I want to talk about. That made sense. <laughs> second thing I want to talk about as far as Impact Wrestling goes, Sean, have you seen the Slammiversary uh, uh, promo? Yeah. Um, basically, it happened at the end of Impact with somebody getting a uh, shot of whiskey and sitting in front of their TV uh, watching breaking news of the people that were released on Black Wednesday from WWE. Uh, there's talk of who it might be watching it, but the person's wearing a hoodie, and come on, it could be uh, as much as the hacker from uh, SmackDown, Cody. Everybody seems to be doing that uh, visual of sitting in a chair and watching a screen and looking at their back of their head and not knowing who it is, so... A little bit of a ripoff, but I see what they're doing. Uh, it could be anybody that's uh, showing up. They showed uh, clips of everybody who at least did work for them, whether it was from uh, Global Wrestling, uh, Impact, or TNA. So, But you're forgetting to mention one thing, the appearance of the Bulgarian flag. That's what I was going to say. So will we see Rusev... Um, make his debut at Slammiversary? Honestly, he's the one um, uh, there was a posting on Wrestling Nerds about it and who do you think it's going to be. And the w only one that definitely does make sense is Rusev because all the other people that were let go um, have 90-day no-compete clauses, which I think end two weeks before uh, Slammiversary. So any of them could show up, but as far as it goes with Rusev, they're recording their shows right now in Nashville. Rusev lives in Nashville with Lana. He's a known uh, Predators fan, so we know where he actually lives. For him to just make a drive over to wherever they're uh, recording and be a part of it is no hassle. And he wasn't released because of... Uh, of just needing to get rid of people. His contract did not exist, you know? And so he, I'm pretty sure he's free to go wherever he wants at this time. And depending on what he decides to do, hopping in a car and going a couple blocks to work, that's easy for him. So I'd go with Rusev as being definitely one that's showing up. But would you be surprised to see him at Impact Wrestling, not AEW, though? No, I wouldn't be surprised because... You know, if you were given the opportunity to, say, work at a place that's close to your home and do TV tapings and stuff like that, or have to hop on a uh, in the car, in this case, like if it was us, and go to Toronto or Windsor to work, I'm going to stay in my hometown and work. 
maybe not sign a long-term deal a year most and see how it goes. But, you know, AEW has only so much room. Impact has plenty of room, really. Yeah, hence what we were talking about earlier with Walter and signing with uh, WB so he could stay close to home. Um, I want to get to some New Japan uh, topic just before we head over to WB Talk. Um, online preference conference taking place this coming Tuesday, June the 9th. New Japan Pro Wrestling would like to invite fans and members of the media to watch a special online press conference this coming Tuesday. June 9th at noon, uh, Japanese, uh, sorry, uh, Japan uh, Standard Time. I think they're 14, 15 hours. Um, so if you're looking at noon, you would probably be looking at, I believe, 9 p.m. on Monday. So right when Raw is taking place. Anyways, uh, press conference will be concerned with the resumption of New Japan Pro Wrestling events. And the press conference is going to be available to watch for free on New Japan World as well as YouTube. Um Sean, are they coming back too uh, too quick? And if they are coming back, and based on what they've said, um, they don't want to basically cheapen a product by having no fans in attendance. Um, are we going to see the return of New Japan as well as fans in attendance over there? What are your What are your thoughts on just wrestling getting back to normal as far as Japan goes? And then how long is it going to take? Do you think it's going to be before we see it over here? Yeah, I saw that uh, report also about uh, from Bushiro. Uh, saying uh, stardom and New Japan were going to be returning, I think, all Japan as well. Um, it might be too soon still. Um, I don't know what the pandemic situation is over uh, there compared to what is uh, here in North America. Uh, but I guess it all depends on how they're doing with safety and if it's uh, viable to do without it becoming a second, third wave, whatever, because I think they might have even had their second wave over that way then you know getting back to as much as normal as possible great but if they can't do it and we already saw that they said they weren't going to do it uh without fans it's a huge judgment call i'm not the one that's over there uh and putting money into it either way but if they do it's hope for uh everybody else i guess i know here in north america there's talk that uh places are going to be allowed especially in like Florida to allow 50% capacity. So how quickly is Tony Khan and Vince McMahon going to jump on getting fans in, in that situation could be the same thing over in Japan. So WWE doesn't want to do a big arena. So they avoid Toronto. They decide to come to London, Ontario instead and maximum capacity, 50%. After not seeing wrestling for as long as we haven't seen it uh, live, are you going to be one of those fans that jumps on it to go to Bud Gardens to watch a live wrestling event? If I didn't work in the industry that I work in, yes. But I support people with disabilities who have uh, weaker immune systems. So I'm not even allowed to go visit uh, family uh, where Louisa and I have her, uh, her parents down in Windsor. We can't even travel to that because of our job. But if I didn't have that uh, sort of obligation and stuff like that, then, yeah, I'd be hopping on and uh, doing what's needed. Weather means wearing a mask. Fine. Let me uh, do that. I want to see my wrestling. So hashtag responsibility over wrestling. <laughs> right there. All right. WB. So you notice this week 
no Red Sox, no Raptors, but I decided to go with the Pats hat. Um, to me, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski will always be Patriots. I don't care where the hell they're playing next time the NFL decides to start up. But the fact is, Gronk finally talk, uh, drops the title of 24-7 uh, championship over to our truth once again. Uh, apparently, it took uh, place in Foxborough, Massachusetts. I think it was part of Raw this past uh, or last Monday. Um, Sean, your thoughts on Gronkowski and the WWE failed experiment? It was publicity stunt. Let's be honest. The the guy is greener than grass. Uh, it, it's one thing to be a fan and love the business and everything, but just because you're a football player doesn't mean you're going to transition. He's friends with Mojo. Like the guy has zero credibility other than the fact that he's the media magnet, really. Uh, I know you're a fan, uh, being a Patriots fan and stuff like that, and he might be uh, good on the gridiron, but in the world of wrestling, he makes it even look goofier than anything. And he was just there essentially as the look at me, we're here, put some eyes on WrestleMania and be a part of that and be the host. If the pandemic didn't happen, he would have been gone sooner than this. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Uh, as much as I love Gronk in the past, the fact is, um, way back to WrestleMania, just it, nothing made sense as far as what he was doing. And, and you know a championship was was going to be around his waist, and 24-7 was perfect for him. Uh, what I'm amazed that didn't happen is to see Gronk lose the title to Tom Brady. Um you know, which I would have, WWE probably would have loved and probably that might have been the direction that they were going. But in the end, Gronk, you know, decides to turn down WWE contract and basically go back to the NFL. And he's playing with the Bucks uh, whenever NFL resumes. But, you know, it's what whatevs, I, I guess, so to speak. Um, I can't see people looking back at Gronk and WWE and thinking positives. <laughs> but um, on- I think he might have stayed with WWE in a way and retired from the NFL had Tom Brady had hung up his cleats and said enough's enough, but he just doesn't know when to stop either. And he uh, knew that the Patriots weren't going to keep him. And that's why he uh, decided as a free agent to go down to Tampa. And because of that, you know, Gronk uh, followed suit. Had Tom uh, retired to Patriot and uh, walked off uh, the gridiron into the sunset, been remembered as uh, the great quarterback he was, then Gronk could have probably uh, stayed and done the performance center and learned the business. But until that happens, he's attached to uh, Tom Brady without the umbilical cord. Yeah. Hashtag go Pats forever. Um, Last bit of pro news I want to talk about. So Drake Maverick, what do you think he was ever released? Yes. So you you think, I know know there's a lot of controversy between that. And also I mentioned uh, talking about the Jeff Hardy stuff, but um, as far as you're talking about with uh, Drake Maverick, um, yeah, I think he was part of that group legitimately that was released, but because of how much passion he has for the business uh, and wanting to work for WD, I think he wanted to honor his uh, original bookings because they could have easily pulled him from the tournament and... Yeah, I did the uh, replacement of him for it, but he said, hey, he's still going to work. He's done even after that 90 days. 
and he proved himself as a worthy uh, employee for wanting to do that. The fans got behind him. So, of course, when the fans uh, get behind somebody, sometimes the WWE listens, like they did with uh, Dan O'Brien and a couple other uh, instances, like Kofi Kingston as well. And fans got behind him. Had fans not uh, cared about his release and all this other stuff, they might have gone a different direction or totally pulled him from the tournament or do whatever. But because the people started watching and paying attention to what happened, then yeah, they kept him around and uh, led people on. Now, proving himself that way, they did offer him another contract to stake, as you saw uh, to end NXT, which also goes back to what happened with Cedric Alexander at the Cruiserweight Classic, being able to get a contract that way. So I think he should have, he would have been gone, but because of what he did to say, okay, thanks, but I'm going to continue until at least my 90 days are done, he proved his worth and he's kept. I've also heard that they're contacting the ones that were released and trying to get them to possibly come back under uh, different terms, lower pay or whatever. And maybe that's going to happen too. Maybe not. But in this case, Drake Maverick proved himself and is getting to stay. Yeah. So Maverick with the contract, El, uh, El Hijo de Fantasma will eventually get the name right. Uh, wins the uh, uh, interim cruiserweight championship. So uh, we'll see him against uh, Jordan Devlin uh, at a future show when Jordan is able to come back to North America here. Um, Sean, uh, we won't touch base on NXT last week, but uh, any highlights? Did you watch uh, AEW Dynamite last week? Yep. Any, uh, <laughs> anything that stand out to you? Uh, well, let's see. They decided to give up on finding Sean Spears a tag team partner. Um, the uh, promo that Telly Blanchard cut on him was awesome. But then to show up in a vehicle and present him with the glove with no explanation of what the glove means is really dropping the ball and expecting your fans to know what that's about. Now, if you've been a wrestling firm for a long time, you know that people like Ted DiBiase in Mid-South and Blackjack Mulligan and his uh, son, Barry Windham, all use this black glove uh, as sort of, I guess in a way, brass knuckles uh, sort of weapon for them. But because it's part of their attire, it's allowed and they were able to become uh, victorious and everything else that goes along with uh, having the glove, but to just leave it out there really kind of drops the ball. I thought the tag team match uh, to start off things really wasn't that great. Uh, Kenny Omega continues to look bad. And I'm not trying to take up Steven's uh, rant for him, but I was watching it, and they kept on getting rid of him, and then he was uh, wandering around like a rag doll and taking bumps that just looked really dumb. For a guy who was the top star in all of wrestling just two short years ago, uh, working in Japan and everything, his stock is really diminished. If somebody was new to watching Kenny Omega and saw AEW, they would wonder what the hype was about. And... 
I don't get uh, why they're diminishing his star power that way. The ending with also uh, the TNT title on the line, useless and needless blood from Cody. Like, neither of them were heels. There was no need for the blood. Jungle Boy didn't look any better for cutting him open. I don't get it. Like, for everything that they do good, they do bad at the same time. The women's division is weak. You got stars who are illogically booked, refereeing that looks really ridiculous, and you're embarrassing yourself. Like that tag team match at the start of the show again. Back to that. Where's the 10 count? If they want to boast about having a 10 count, do the 10 count. Not just sit there and go, okay, well, you want to get out? No? Okay, keep on going. Uh, like, be the alternative that you want to be. Don't be WWE light. I want to like you, AEW. Please, do it. So are they comparable to Impact Wrestling at this point? Are they comparable to WCW? It's a mixture of both because you got it, – it's sloppy booking and ripping off WWE on things, money in the bank in the same uh, month. You might want to tweak uh, the rules by having nine people in it. Uh, WWE's had multiple people in there, but they all started at one time. AEW, oh, let's gradually put them out there in a Royal Rumble style. It's still a money in the bank. You want to do blood and guts. Oh, that's war games. Be original. Like, stop being light. You got, you said, I said, like TNA. TNA uh, rested their laurels on former WDE guys. What is AEW doing? Like, this matchup at Fighter Fest, don't get me on that one for a moment. I'll break, uh, get to that one in a second. But that's, that's going to be the first time that a person competing for the title is not associated with WDE since it got awarded to Chris Jericho on the first pay-per-view. Fighter Fest. They make this whole big deal about it and say, oh, it's a special event, and I get that. But last year, it was a pay-per-view, a cheap pay-per-view because they wanted people to uh, see it and they wanted to, I guess, donate money. I think uh, that one was for. But in this world right now that we're living without a lot of sports, they couldn't find another time than during Dynamite to do Fighter Fest. Like they could have made a special on TNT because TNT loves them so much, and that's why they gave them the belt. But you couldn't get a special time to do like a Clash of Champions style that way, or uh, Saturday Night's main event. You are, you're now taking up time on Dynamite, so it's basically Dynamite under a different name. That doesn't make it any special to me. Put Fighter Fest on a special night. They're making it two nights like WrestleMania. Copying again, I guess. Like I feel like uh, you're religiously watching uh, Jimmy Corderas lately. I totally agree <laughs> with Jimmy Corderas. I watch him every morning, but I've I'm like, wow, we're on the same wavelength every time. Like I I say something that I uh, hear Jimmy say, I'm like, wow, but. <laughs> Okay, last eight. frustrated by the lack of professionalism and follow through on what they say they want to do. Like, don't give me, say that I'm going to be different than WWE and then do the exact same opposite. They have so much potential. They have a lot of 
good talent. They have a lot of green talent, not ready for prime time, but they need to put it together and make people want to watch it. They got Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> not Tyson Dukes, Mike Tyson. All right, last last talk on AEW uh, before we hit uh, independent because I, I want to talk about this uh, just briefly here. Uh, January 29th, 2020, you know what happened? What? Bash Jan- at the beat? January 29th, 2020. Any idea what happened? No. AEW star Sean Spears files trademark for The Reaper. Okay. <laughs> so, Is this be part of his new club thing? Maybe. We'll have to wait and see where it goes. All right. So, independents, um, I just want to touch base on this. Uh, our old pal, Danny Warren. Who, uh, anybody who uh, knows Danny also competes as Danny Duggan over there in uh, CWE, so Canadian Wrestling's Elite. He used to post almost like a hundred times a day on my old uh, CWN uh, Facebook. Um, to the point, my wife come up to me. She was like, "Who is this Danny Warren guy?" <laughs> All um, in 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 theory, he is a huge wrestling fan who is also a wrestler over there. But I, I want to take note of something that he posted. So. Canadian Wrestling's Elite returned to action with the first live professional wrestling event in all of Canada in front of a live audience post-pandemic, and we invite you to take part in Patient Zero. Join us on Friday, June 12th in Winnipeg, Manitoba, at Rookie Sports Bar for the special 18-plus event limited to only 100 ticket holders per government rules, regulations, and recommendations. Be a part of history as one of the uh, one of the 100 people in attendance for the first live wrestling event in all of Canada, almost four months, and be patient zero to what all wrestling events will look like as a result of this event concluding. Tickets on sale now. That was posted on June 2nd. Haven't seen anything posted to say the cancellation of it. Uh, wrestling looks to be, be, be beginning again, uh, independent style in Winnipeg, in front of fans. Um, Sean, again, too soon, or if this is the way it has to happen with limited capacity. Um, would you be excited to see Midwestern or, or Smash, uh, say, by the end of the month even? Once again, if uh, the situation was available, I would uh, definitely consider it. I would check to see what I can do, can't do, um, what's required of me. I'd love to see it. I miss wrestling uh, really bad, but... Now, I also care about keeping other people healthy and safe. So in the perfect world, you'd be like one of the first to get tickets. Yes. But in the real world, you're being responsible. Yes. Okay. All right. So take that to note, guys. Uh, but anyway, CWE is going to try. It'll be interesting to see uh, June 12th, which I believe is next weekend. Uh, next Friday, I believe. Yeah, it'd be Friday. Uh, what's going to take place. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how the event goes and the setup that they've had and everything else. Uh, Last thing I want to touch on before we do some plugs, uh, Slam Wrestling, who I've been a huge fan of for the better part of, well, its whole existence, um, has officially shut down as far as their website goes, as far as Canoe, uh, which was affiliated with the Toronto Sun. Uh, Greg Oliver stepped out, basically said, hey, we're going to do our own thing. I don't know what went on. All I know is slamwrestling.net exists now. Uh, so, guys, if you get a chance, follow my Facebook, uh, Twitter, check them out. Uh, you'll see a book behind me uh, that was uh, uh, written by uh, Greg Oliver. I had a chance to meet him last summer in Toronto, have him sign it. Um, I've interviewed him for one of my previous websites, and that was about 20 years ago. But, guys, slamwrestling.net, 
uh, check them out and give them your support because uh, they are branching out brand new at this point. So <laughs> excuse me, uh, Sean, uh, I'll let you talk about uh, what's going on next in the Fantasy Warfare tournament. Uh, considering the fact that it is June, which means June in uh, as far as wrestling goes, used to mean one thing, King of the Rings. So you want to talk about the next Fantasy Warfare tournament that's taking place? I do believe we're recording tomorrow, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I think we're recording tomorrow. There was uh, talk of what to do uh, this month or this week. And uh, yeah, we're doing do uh, the King of the Ring stuff because, you know, like you said, June, King of the Ring, it goes hand in hand. So it's basically uh, King of Kings taking uh, pa past kings and comparing them. We all got uh, a choice. Four of us did. Uh, four entries and just to run down some of the things that we're uh, doing in the first round has Steve Carino against William Regal Booker T against Owen Hart Jim Duggan versus Harley Race Steve Austin against Kurt Angle Wade Barrett against Haku uh, Curtis Ikea uh, against Jerry Lawler uh, Triple H against Bret Hart Edge against Randy Savage. Like, those are going to be some interesting t conversations that we have. See who advances, where people uh, stay. But we're going to try and only talk about while they were king, what they did. Not before, not after. Of course, what they did before will be relevant to see how it the being a king did improve or kind of diminish them, if uh, that even happened. And so uh, tomorrow we're going to be running those down and it'll be a future uh, show that you can watch on Patreon or uh, a few weeks later on YouTube. But we definitely would love to have uh, Patreon uh, people involved, uh, see it early and we'll be donating money to a charity. Yeah. So guys, as Sean was saying, fantasy warfare tournament, King of Kings, I think, is what Sean had labeled it. But uh, some interesting matchups, some interesting names as well. Uh, any curveballs, probably courtesy of Chris Jones, otherwise known as Jonesy. Uh, but hashtag FWT on TNT or patreon.com forward slash TN throwdown CA. Uh, so it's the best way to check us out. And like Sean was saying, uh, we will do it uh, uh, for the uh, Patreons first. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you'll see that launch after we've recorded the show within a couple of days. And then. Usually about three weeks later, you'll see it on YouTube. So YouTube, I've been doing, I've done two episodes uh, at 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. You can watch uh, that we've done. Uh, luckily, I didn't lose any of that content. So every Fantasy Warfare tournament that we've ever done is still intact, <laughs> especially with the banter that sometimes goes on with Steven. But uh, uh, the next one, King of Kings, you'll see probably Sean Jonesy, if he's available, as well as Steven. I'm going to do the producing part of it. But if you see me on the show, it means uh, either uh, Jonesy, well, you know, Steven said he was available, so it means Jonesy wasn't available. But uh, anyways, it is fun because we do get into some battles and a lot of some of these choices, some of the matchups that are you know, happen or like, holy shit, what do we do? You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's a hard decision. And, and some of the, the winners that we've had, um, some of them make sense. I think Charlotte Flair won the greatest women's champions one, but uh, we had one where all of a sudden it was like doom coming down into the, the you know, the final two, uh, which was uh, interesting. So definitely interesting. Um, we probably will announce what's going to happen after King of Kings tomorrow night. Uh, but on Thursday night, throw down TNT uh, this coming Thursday. So it'll be episode 22. We will announce what's going to take place on future episodes of uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament, uh, which 
will in fact probably take a month for us to do. So it's uh, I'm interested and excited. And I think it was Sean's. Um, I think it was a collaboration between myself and Sean and Stephen. But Sean had the uh, uh, you know what to do and how to do it. And I was like, okay, this is actually going to make sense. It's actually going to be kind of cool. And you actually get to see our wrestling knowledge come out within that month. So it's kind of cool. And I'm excited for it. Uh, speaking of excitement, Sean, what's going on in the world of scumbags of wrestling? Forward slash groups. Forward slash scumbags of wrestling on Facebook there. Well, I kind of want to back up a slight bit on uh, some uh, stuff. You were talking about the Ontario scene or the independent wrestling scene. You mentioned what Danny's doing over in uh, Winnipeg, but um, you can, there's a backyard wrestling uh, group uh, doing sort of like the uh, Southpaw Championship Wrestling. Uh, it involves Holden Albright, Von Vertigo, uh, Alexia Nicole. Psycho Mike and all their friends, they're doing backyard uh, wrestling stuff. So you want to uh, check those guys out. Plus, we had also had Scott Hunter on our show. You mentioned him at the start of uh, everything. And he's been running for the last couple of days this uh, week a uh, promo battle royal or promo tournament, should I say. And some people that have been in it include the cadet, John Greed, uh, Miss Becky, Shiloh, and uh, Kyle Boone. Uh, Elian Herbonero and a few others uh, that are uh, from the indie scene. And they're doing right now round one, best two of three uh, promos battle. And we got Kyle versus uh, Shiloh. And they've had uh, quite the interesting promos back and forth uh, with each other at the same time. Uh, so definitely check out Scott Hunter. Um, he's doing a great uh, promo tournament with uh, some guys from, and girls from the indie scene. Uh, as far as Scumbags Wrestling goes, I just uh, put down before we uh, started recording here, episode 108 of uh, the Scumbags Wrestling podcast. Our other shows are on hold, unfortunately, uh, still until everything gets back, including uh, the Ontario uh, Indie Road Trip and uh, production line from the Tyson Dukes Russell Factory. But we're also uh, putting in orders uh, for our special uh, design. It's uh, the comic book uh, sort of T-shirt. It's covered with 22 of your uh, top stars or 22 stars from the Ontario indie scene, including Tyson Dukes, uh, Sebastian Suave, Cody Diener, uh, Brent Banks, Tarek, Hello Beefcake, uh, three of the Buffalo Brothers, uh, both Kevins and Daniel Garcia, uh, graduates from the Tyson Dukes Russell Factory. They're all in this comic book style uh, design by Nigel Lewis. And we're raising funds for uh, Stephen's Wrestling Journey, which is uh, getting money for Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. And they're doing... Uh, Chiari uh, research. It's a Chiari is a malfunction or malformation in the back of the brain, and he uh, suffers from that. He's eight years old, so we're helping to raise money that way. Shirts are just thirty dollars, and posters are fifteen. You can uh, reach me at our Facebook page, Scumbags Wrestling, or email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com to uh, make a purchase and be a part of uh, this great. Uh, campaign that we're doing so join us get an awesome shirt great design and help out a uh, great cause at the same time so that's us in a nutshell 
So, uh, and, and, and saying that lots of positive feedback on that t-shirt, eh? Yes. Um, from, uh, different people who've been, uh, seeing it, uh, uh, fans have loved it, but when I shared it with the talent that are all on it, a lot of them were just blown away by how they were captured as a uh, comic book character. Uh, Kyle Boone said he always wanted to be part of a comic book. Well, he's now on a comic book style uh, shirt. I know Sebastian Suave has been using uh, his image as his uh, Facebook uh, picture. And there's tons of others that have loved it. Uh, Carter Mason loved uh, how he was in full um, stature for his uh, part of the uh, drawing. So, yeah, definitely be a part of this. As Cody Deaner says, it's time to give her back. So give her for charity, and we're uh, going to give to Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. Yeah, so definitely uh, amazing T-shirt and great cause uh, behind it as well. Um, with regards to myself, there you go, folks. CWN, hashtag CW, yeah, CWN online, uh, CWNonline.ca. Uh, wrestling news, uh, you'll see stuff from TNT, the scumbags, Ontario independent wrestling scene, um, a lot of YouTube stuff, a lot of uh, stuff from the UFC, uh, pro wrestling, um, anything I can get my hands on. Uh, right now, we are an aggregator, which means basically I'm taking content from the internet and, and letting you know what's available on there. Uh, having more time, I would uh, be able to do, you know, live posts uh articles of my own and this and that but it's uh, my way of contributing towards the wrestling scene independent as well as pro wrestling as well as ufc uh something that was cool last night is saturday night uh chris jericho does this thing called the saturday night special and all of a sudden he was doing one last night with uh, regards to high school reunion so he had two of his buddies from high school on there one guy he had known for, i think from the time he was like seven or eight years old so sure enough, I'm logged into the CWN account and I'm post and um, you know, I'm watching Jericho and I see he's still answering questions. So I post as CWN. So sure enough, my logo, CWN logo pops up on screen. My question pops up on screen. Jericho, uh, about two minutes after that, had you know said, Hey, this question comes from CWN. I was like, holy shit. I was like, that's actually kind of cool. You know, Jericho actually uh, had seen my post. So, anyways, um, you know, I'm loving the uh, small publicity as it is. But uh, again, you know, I started this CWN about, jeez, uh, what was it, uh, 11 years ago. Um, uh, you know, and, and Sean was part of it. And, uh, you know, uh, this guy named Ed Simon was part of it as well. Uh, you know, the, the logo today is still very similar to the logo back then. Um, you know, the only thing we're not doing right now is, is um, kind of like blog style posts, you know, columns, so to speak. I might... You reiterate that sometime down the road, but uh, Sean's been a part of that since 11 years ago. Uh, you know, my wife, uh, Christine, she gives feedback a lot on, on a lot of the stuff I do. So that's how she contributes to it. Uh, Ed Simon, <laughs> and man, if you want to come back to wrestling, you know, let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll give you uh, I'll give you uh, something to do on the on the website. But uh, yeah, 11 years in, in, in going and uh, it's just it's just being a passionate wrestling fan. And it's it's I tried, you know, another avenue was sh the, the Sharpshooter and the Sharpshooter podcast. And it just never took off the way I wanted it to. And so I went back to CWN and I'm kind of content and happy with it. And all we need to do is have this stupid COVID thing go away so we can get back to normal life and autograph signings and selling t-shirts at these uh events and this and that because i know there's probably a lot of i know personally as a wrestling fan i'm excited to try to get my hands on one of these t-shirts that sean's selling um you know the 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 
event that we went to for Midwestern Wrestling, being besides the merch table, doing the podcast live for the scumbags, having the fans all interact and in front of us and this and that. And I, I printed out some photos and they, they were happy with the photos and stickers and just being part of it all. And man, I can't wait for this stupid thing to end. I tell you that much. But uh, again, scumbags are wrestling for Sean, CWN for myself. Uh, uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament, we'll see Stephen and Jonesy part of it as well. Um, and yeah, I don't think I've failed to mention anything. This is almost as long as the Scott Hunter uh, episode, but we'll be back with episode number 22 uh, coming up uh, this coming Thursday, uh, 8, 8 p.m. in a regular spot. Um, Sean, I, you're probably excited eventually to have the Ontario Indie Road Trip back as well as the, the production line. Um, anything from Tyson as far as, uh, you know, uh, when things are going to be available to go back and watch the, the guys again? No, I haven't heard anything. Well, I, at the same time, I haven't reached out because I know gyms are not uh, open yet. Um, people who do follow uh, Tyson and also the Russell Factory have seen uh, clips of him and Ethan back at the uh, factory doing uh, little tutorials. But hopefully uh, things will get back to somewhat normal and gyms will open because when that happens, most likely... Uh, they'll be able to do some stuff involving uh, the Russell Factory, which uh, could be soon opening actually in St. Thomas. I know the uh, thought is to uh, have Tyson with a uh, ring at his own home. So that's uh, down the pike, but we also have the uh, current location here on Exeter Road. So until then, we're just waiting patiently. Yeah, so guys, enjoy in your house. Uh... Uh, NXT TakeOver tonight, uh, like I said, live at 7 p.m. Uh, check out the Scumbags of Wrestling. Check out CWN. Check out the Fantasy Warfare Tournament. And that is it. Until next week, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys again in four days. And, Sean, thanks for being part of this once again. Have a good one. Call it a beat.